Thank you, Reese. Awesome, isn't it? Good to be in the house. The power of promise. Well, I want to start off uh, just by praying, if you don't mind. So if you could join me and agree with me as one body. Thank you, Father. Lord, we just thank you so much that we get the privilege to join together in corporate worship. Father, we, we get to sit under your word, Lord. This morning, I pray that it is your word that goes out. Father, Lord, just uh, Holy Spirit, empower me to deliver this word that you've given me, Father. Lord, I thank you for the encouragement through the week, for the time I've spent with you. And this morning, Lord, I declare that there is good soil there for your seed to be planted in. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Who's expectant this morning? Excellent. About 20 people are going to get something from the message this morning. Who's expectant this morning? Yes, that's it. Good. This is going to work then. Power of promise, the power of promise. There was a, uh, a Canadian school teacher called Everett R. Storms, who during his 27th reading of the Bible took a year and a half to count every promise found in the Bible. And uh, he found there are 7,487 promises from God to man in the Bible. 7,487, and I expect you to know them all by heart. No, but what I'm saying there is that no matter what you're going through at the moment or what you need God for or what you are believing for, there is a promise in the Word for you. And I'll let you in on a little secret. God always comes through on His promises. Amen? Who believes that our God is a loving God who will always come through on His promises? Yeah? Amen. Amen. All right. I just want to... Um, I want to read this... Uh, I want to read this... Yeah, I do. That's what I want to do. I've got this book here called who we are in Christ. It's written by Joe McIntyre, and it's been an awesome encouragement for, for me. I just want to read something that he's quoted here from Eli Stanley Jones, and it says here, to be in Him, it's talking about Christ, to be in Him is to be in ultimate reality. To be in Him is to have the roots of our being in reality. To be in Him is to have the sum total of reality behind us, sustaining us and giving us cosmic backing. To be in Him is the reality. So I ask you this morning, are you living in reality? Are we living in Him? I'm going to go a little bit deep this morning. I've been encouraged. The word brought by uh, Pastor Paul, I almost don't need to preach. That was an awesome message, just that, but that, um, that resonates with what the Lord has asked me to share this morning, so I'm going to go ahead in obedience and share it with you this morning. If we could have 2 Corinthians 1.20 up, this is the foundation of my message this morning. For no matter how many promises God has made, over 7,000 in the Bible, they are yes in Christ, yes in Christ, and so through Him... The amen is spoken by us to what? To the glory of God. No matter how many promises God has made, they are a yes in Christ. So what does it mean to be in Christ? Why is it important to understand what being in Christ means? Because all of His promises are yes in Christ. Amen? Jesus displays His desire for us to be in unity with Him, for us to be in Him uh, and in the Father as He prays to God before He is betrayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. 
He prays for his disciples first. And then here, in John 17, 20 to 23, we find him praying for all believers, for you and I. So he says to God, I do not, I, I do not pray for these alone. He's talking about the disciples. He's just finished praying for them. But also those who will believe in me. That's you and I. Who will believe in me through their word. The word the disciples bring. The gospel is what he's talking about. That they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us. That the world may believe that you sent me and the glory which you gave me I have given to them. That they may be one just as we are one. I in them, you in me that they may be perfect and one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. The glory to God at the end of it. It's His desire, has always been His desire for us to be one in Him, to abide in Him. It's the desire of God for you and I to be in Christ, and it's in Him that His promises are yes. In Ephesians 1, 13 to 14, it reads, In Him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth. That's what's happening right now. You are hearing the word of truth. You are hearing the gospel. You are hearing the good news. That's why the Great Commission is so important, that we are to go out and share the good news. Because what happens then is once we hear the good news, we we trust in Him. The, The gospel of salvation... So it says here, in Him you, you trusted after you heard the good news. We need to hear about it to know what we're in. We need to hear about it to know the inheritance we have. We need to hear the Word in order to understand the promises that God has for us. We need to hear the Word to understand who Christ is and therefore who we are in Him. Amen? It's so important. The gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, having believed, it's not enough just to hear it. We need to believe it. Amen? Having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. The power of promise. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchase possession to what? To the praise of His glory. Are you seeing a pattern here? Are you seeing a pattern here? In Christ... Believe, trust, we receive an inheritance, and then what do we do with it? The whole purpose of why we receive that inheritance, the whole purpose of why we are one with God, the whole purpose of why we were created, to bring bring glory to God. Amen? An important step that we don't want to miss. Hear the gospel, believe, made one with Christ, His promises in Christ, are yes in Christ. And then it says in that, in that scripture, you can bring it up again, that first scripture, uh, 2 Corinthians 1.20. So it's a yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. So there's something there for us. We need to speak out in agreement with the promises that are a yes in Christ. Amen. So we need to speak out. We need to declare 
You know, the Lord created by speaking out. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Are you going to speak out the promises of God? Yes. Or are you going to speak out what the world has to say about you? Dead right. That's right. Dead right. You're onto it, Carol. Yeah. Living right when we speak out the life. Dead right when you speak out the world. We need to understand that our place, our identity as one with Christ and therefore our inheritance. But then we need to agree with the promises He had for us. We need to speak out our agreement. Once we understand who we are in Christ, reading the Bible is no longer searching through this dusty old thousand-year-old tome looking for the mysteries of the world. Now suddenly the Word is alive. Once you realize who you are in Christ, once you realize you are a part of the body of Christ Himself, who the Word says is the living Word of God, then when you read through the Bible, you are simply conversing with a loving Father as He teaches you about all of the inheritance and all of the promises that you can enjoy in Christ. Amen? Amen? Yeah, reading the Bible then suddenly becomes exciting. You're discovering yourself as you discover Christ because we are in Him. Amen? Yeah, now the Word is full of promises, and we can discover them daily. Amen? And he's, the thing is, the promises have always been available for us. It's not like He says, all right, now you've been a good boy, I'm going to promise you some things, right? No, the Word says that we were created in Christ since before the foundation of the earth. And the promises He has for us have always been there. I love uh, Pastor Paul brought it uh, a few weeks back when he spoke about the prodigal son. To the father of the house, he, uh, he always had that inheritance there for his son. See, his son thought that he took his inheritance away, his sonship away as he took his inheritance from his father. And he went and squandered it in the world. He didn't take his sonship away. He thought he did. And this is why the word needs to be preached. Because people don't realize the inheritance that they have. They don't realize the sonship that they have in Christ. That you and I enjoy. We enjoy the sonship in Him. Yeah, that's the reason why we're inheriting. Not because we've earned it or we deserve it. We, we, we have an inheritance because we are in the Son of God. The perfect incorruptible seed is what we're born of. So we can walk into the promises that He has for us. That He's always had for us. That He always will have for you. It's a good word. It's a good word. It's a good word, Reuben. Well done. Courage. Why does the Word come alive like this? Because the Word is alive. Amen? Yeah, the Word is Jesus. Paul spoke about it before. John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then later on in John 1.14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. What are we speaking about there? Who are we speaking about? Jesus. We are speaking about Jesus. He is the living Word of God, full of grace and truth. Suddenly, you and I are speaking the same language, the same language as the Son of God when we are reading the Bible. We are not seeking mysteries 
through a dusty old tome anymore. Like I said before, we are conversing with a loving God through the relationship He has with His Son. You see it? That perfect unity that He had with His Son since before the earth was even formed. The perfect relationship of the Son, the Holy Spirit, the Father. That perfect relationship there. Christ came to earth so that we could be brought into that. The whole purpose of Christ was to come down here to include us into that relationship and to point us back towards the Father, to glorify God. That is the whole purpose of what Christ did. Oh, so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we can, yeah, we can, we can talk to Him now. We can step boldly into His throne room. Because why? Because we're clothed in the blood of the Lamb. We're made righteous by the blood of the Lamb. We are in that relationship. We are part of that Son that He loves so much. He's not going to turn us away. And what do we do now that we are discovering these promises? We agree with Him. We agree through Him. We agree through that relationship with the Son. Because all of His promises are a yes in Him. And the amen is spoken through us. Amen? What does amen mean? So be it. It is so. It is done. It is finished. Victory is ours. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I agree with the promises you have for me. Amen. So we speak it out. Proverbs 8.21 tells us that the life and death are in the power of the tongue. I said that before. God spoke out creation. And we need to speak out God's promises. I'm repeating myself, but this is so important. Know who you are. Know who you are. Receive the promises. Realize that they're there for you. Learn about them daily. There's 7,000 of them in there. Not one of you in this room, I'm sure, knows all of them. And I'm telling you, no matter what you're going through now, that there is one there for you that you haven't read yet, that he is holding on to, and he's saying, mate, here's a promise for you right now. You're struggling with this. I have a promise for that, and it's yours, and it's a yes in Christ. All you need to do is say amen through him, through your perfect relationship with Christ. Yes. So speak it out. Speak out. I am a new creation. We heard that from Pastor Paul. Born of the incorruptible seed. Born of the Spirit. You will never leave me or forsake me. Because I'm in your Son, you will never leave me or forsake me. Doesn't matter what I think I'm seeing at the moment. I trust you will never leave me or forsake me. Because your promises are a yes in Christ. And I will say amen to that. No weapon formed against me will prosper. You turn all things for the good of those who love you. And Lord, I love you. And I am called according to your purpose. Believe it. Say an amen to that. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. Because nothing can cleave Christ from God. And you are in Him. Believe it. Understand it. I am one with the Son of the living God. I am made righteous by the blood of the Lamb. Find the promises of the Word, seek Him, and speak that life over yourself. Now, the last part of that verse, you can bring it up again. Thanks, Rachel. Sorry, I'm making you do backflips with the Scriptures. (laughs) That first verse we brought out. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are a yes in Christ. And so through Him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God of God. Do not forget this part. Do not forget this part. You and I were created, we were crafted, we were carefully 
uh, formed in our mother's wombs. A plan was set for us since before the foundation of the earth. A plan was set in place for our salvation, for us to come back in, in unity with God, for us to be able to come back into the arms of a loving Father, all for the purpose of glorifying Him. The promises are not there just to help you and lead you through tough, difficult times in life. That is just a side effect. That is just a blessing that will come along with it. But I'm telling you, if we glorify Him, we were learning in the Why Worship series, the power of praise. When He is enthroned on our praises, His, His authority is established. Strongholds are broken. When we lift up our eyes to Him, the things of the world grow strangely dim. Everything in the Word is telling us this. Just lift your eyes to Jesus. Lift your eyes to Jesus. His whole purpose was to glorify the Father. Everything that He did when He came here was to glorify the Father. And we are one with Him. We have taken on his nature. We have the mind of Christ. And so if we're going to walk out in our calling, if we're going to walk out in who we truly are, we are going to glorify the Father. Amen. 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 <laughs> John 12, 27 to 28. This is Jesus. Once again, I love, I love reading what Jesus said in the Bible. This is powerful here. John 12, 27 to 28. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? He's thinking forward to the cross. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I came to this hour. Now, I read some commentaries on this, and um, it's generally accepted that when he says, but for this purpose I came to the hour, he's referring to the next verse. But for this purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. That is the purpose Jesus came for the hour. His purpose wasn't just to save us. Man, that's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. But to glorify the Father in doing it. Glorify the Father. And what did God say to him? Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. I have glorified it in everything that you have done, my son, and I will glorify it again in everything that you will continue to do with your body. Everything that you and I will do here in the church will continue to glorify the Lord's name. Everything that we do as the body of Christ with Him as the, at the head will glorify His name, and this world will never be the same again after you have left it for what you have done glorifying the name of the Lord Most High. I'm telling you right now that your life is more important than you know, that you are part of something bigger than you know, that you have a plan and a calling and a purpose, and you need to walk it out to glorify God. Amen? Amen. Christ came to glorify the Father. The purpose of the promise is to glorify the Father. There is true power, the true power of the promise, as far as I'm concerned. His promises are not meant to bless you and you alone, but are to glorify Him. Amen? We are designed to exalt, worship, and glorify our heavenly Father. I propose that the purpose of our unity in Christ, in part, is to bring us to a place where we, having the mind of Christ, being Christ-like, are not in a place where we are looking for God to bless us and help us through life, but where we seek opportunity to glorify Him in all that we do. I propose that that is, in part, the purpose of our unity with Christ. Because the Word says that we, that we, will get, we have the mind of Christ, that we will become more Christ-like. And what did Christ come here to do? To glorify the Father. 
I believe the promises that we discover in the Word are not just lifelines for us to hold on to in order to stay afloat in the storms of life. And uh, sometimes we can park up there and we can go, you know, I just, I'm struggling with something, so I'm going to hold on to this promise. And then once I've done that, I'll let go of that promise and I'll hold on to a different lifeline when another storm comes. No, the storm's the circumstance, and we're not called to be under the circumstances, are we, Paul? Yeah, we're more than conquerors. We are over the circumstances because we are in Christ. Amen. And our purpose there is to glorify Him. Like Paul said, not to look at the ground from where we came in the old seed, but look, look to where the new seed came from. Look for where our creation is now as a new creation in Christ. Look towards the incorruptible seed. Look towards the Spirit. Look towards the Son of God. Abide in Him. Receive the inheritance that He has because we're in Him. Are you following? Have I lost you? <laughs> the truth that pertains to a child of God, born again of the Spirit, one with Christ, whose heart's desire is to simply glorify their Heavenly Father. Glorify their Heavenly Father. But it all starts, it all starts with abiding in Christ. The promises, no matter how many there are, are a yes in Him. As I just asked for our team to come back up. I'm going to actually give you an opportunity to be one with Christ. You see, God made a way for us to do that. And if you are feeling that you are not living by that spirit, by that incorruptible seed, as one with the living Son of God, I'm going to give you an opportunity to say a simple prayer with me and receive Him into your heart. Because He said, if you believe in Me, if you, if you believe that I am your Lord and Savior, if, if you declare that I am your Lord and Savior, and, and if you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. You will be adopted into a new family. You'll be grafted to the new olive, the, you'll be grafted to the olive tree. You'll be part of the family of Christ into the body of Christ, born again, a new creation from the incorruptible seed. And so I want to give you that opportunity right now. It's a simple prayer. If you do not know the Lord, if you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, with every eye closed and with every head bowed, I just want to get you to raise your hand. Raise your hand nice and high if you're unsure. Thank you. Thank you. I see you there. Praise God. I see you there. Awesome. Awesome. Awesome.